Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are Ricardo Lockett, a Super Bowl champ with the Seattle Seahawks. Love, I love sports talk, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually one of the ones that I remember the most vividly. Yeah. You know, the things that really matter is, is, is your foundation, your faith, your family. That's the reason that we're here. And LPGA pro golfer Sandra Gal. Gripping the club a little bit lighter. I think everyone mm-hmm. tries to hit really hard with their hands, but if you grip it lighter, you actually use more of your body, and uh, you'll... Believe it or not, you'll hit it further. Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Got a good buddy coming in. I, I met this young man last year and a great, great wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, a Super Bowl champion, and a guy who just retired mm. from the NFL at a young age. Looks like he could still be playing uh, Sunday night. Right. Ricardo Lockett with me on Sold Out Sports Talk and American Family, Roman Gabriel. Excited to have my man back in the booth here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How thanks are you for, doing? Oh, I can't complain. First of all, thanks for having me, no, man. No, no, I, I love, I love sports talk, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually one of the ones that I remember the most vividly. Yeah. I remember it sitting almost in the exact same spot. But, we had you know, a good it was, time. It was, yeah, it was a little busy, but you know, uh, it's, it's different than any other interview that's out here. They want to talk about, you know, typically stuff that really doesn't matter. You know, the things that really matter is, is, is your foundation, your faith, your family. That's the reason that we're here. That's the reason that, that, that gave us the, that's what gave us the, uh, the, I guess you would say the juice that gave us the, uh, the drive right. to do what we did, do what we do. You know, for you to be the man that you are, you know, it's God that put you here right. through faith, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that's why i'm a country boy so i'm, I'm a southern guy well, i grew what? up in the church i wish you would have been with me about three hours ago we were uh at greater atlanta christian school talking to 700 high school kids wow uh you know sharing the gospel uh sharing with them our sold out program and about how to be excellent and how to get involved in our in our curriculum and uh character program so it was just fabulous you, mm. you, you you're all about that mm-hmm. um the thing i love about next our year show, give me, next year give me a call yes in I'll miami we'll go we'll do it we're planning <laughs> the Super Bowl's it. In miami yes it is year. baby you got to come for that oh, God. so what we'll do is this uh you know i what i love to do and i've been doing it for many many years i've been coming to the super bowl for 26 years and i've been doing this show specifically for 10 years the thing that gives me the greatest joy, Ricardo, is seeing NFL players currently and guys that are out of the game doing exactly what you told me before the show. I'm transitioning. It's a new challenge. My mission in life is is giving as many guys like you the opportunity as possible to impact kids' lives because, man, we live in a country where sports is king. 
Mm-hmm. We live in a country where people spend more money on sports and entertainment mm-hmm. than any other thing. Mm-hmm. We live in a country where kids need role models. Mm-hmm. And see, it isn't about how many catches, right? right? It's about the person that somebody is. That's a mm-hmm. role model. Exactly. I want kids to see who you are because exactly. you set an example. And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you what's really changing. What's really changing is social media. You yes. know, you see on TV and you see the parties and you see the cars and you see the girls and you see the guys in the clubs and the planes and stuff. But think about how many times on social media church is glorified. And actually, like every year, I would say that uh, the participation rate goes down yes. dramatically. And I think because it's becoming more of a like a logical, if it's not logical, then they don't believe it. So that, that eliminates faith. And so if they can't touch it, if they right. can't see it, they don't believe that. Right. Uh, Imagination's one, tough. Yeah, they don't believe that one person can split a whole ocean and walk right. through it. They don't believe that a person can have a baby and not have sex. So, like, how do you teach? I'm saying from the six-year-olds, from the from the people that's having, you know, their mom is 18, 19, and you, I have no problem with the ages about what you're teaching right. them. But if you're at a young age and you're not even in church, so where exactly, you know, does that faith come once you become 21 and you're six today? Right, and that's the thing that's so cool about role models and about what we do as Sold Out is we want kids to know, it's number one, it's cool mm-hmm. to love God. Mm-hmm. It's cool to reach your potential. It's right. cool to be great. Right. It's cool to be drug and alcohol absent. Right. You know, and you guys, you know, people tell me, but hey, athletes do things wrong and they fall and say, everybody does. Right. Nobody's all, perfect. No, I try to, all I try to do is, is to know the people that I deal with in my program mm-hmm. and say, no, they're not perfect, but I want kids to know that positive role models are out there that they can say, you know, something Ricardo Lockett's doing. Hey, I like what he's doing. I want to implement that part in my mm-hmm. life, whether it's football or the yeah. way he lives his life. Mm-hmm. But they have when they don't have positive role models because yeah. they don't have it at home, a lot of them, right. where do they go? Exactly. The Internet. The Internet. So, and, and the Internet's not going to teach them what exactly, they really. Exactly. It's just, it's just a new day and age at this point. It's a new day and age. So it's, it's tough. I, I, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. Like how you outpower social media and uh, um, just the, um, what do you call it, uh, peer pressure of being cool or being teased. If, if you were a kid right now and you walked into a middle school and you're a seventh grade and you walk around with a Bible, you're a weird kid. Right. And I don't think that that's normal. That's, that's a kid that has strong right. faith. Like that should be the kid that, okay, I need to study with this person. I need to figure out like where this person is going because this person has a foundation that can't be broken. Even if this person fails this test, this person is going to rely on God. Yeah. Even if this person gets put out of this class, this person is going to rely on their faith. And they've been raised that way, so they're afraid, they're afraid that their parents are going to be upset because their parents have put that fear in them. Like, hey, like that's not what we do. That's not the way that we live our life. That's not how we treat people. If someone has less than us, we don't talk about them. So if you think about it, that Bible is almost um, an example of um, resilience, uh, of um, un- unbreakable structure, uh, is um, uh, being a leader, not being a follower. But in this day and age, that that's a weird kid. Yeah, it is. So we can't change that. But I, I do what I can. I just try to affect everyone that I can when I come in contact with them and just kind of, you know, let, let them know that these rings 
are all, all given to me from God. For, uh, there's a lot of things that, that's happened to me in life that I could have died in a car accident. I could have died in my in, with my football injury. I could have done a lot of things growing up in high school that I, I that would uh, make me ineligible to go to college. So there's a lot of things that I overcame that right. I had to go the opposite way of where the crowd was going. I had to skip out on parties and I had to stay at home. When I stayed at home, I ended up going to Bible study with my mom. My granddad is a preacher. My entire family went to that same church. So I was there with uh, usher. I was an usher. I was in the youth ministry. I was on the youth... Um, um, in the youth choir, so forth and so on. So a lot of people aren't raised like that today, and it's not typical. So, you know, I just feel sorry for them, and um, I, I don't I don't know where they're going to have the faith in the next couple of years. Roman Gabriel with my man right here, and, um, you know, you said it. Um, one of the things that we have to do a better job of is if parents are not going to take responsibility for their kids, then I feel like it's our mission to at least provide programs and opportunities and role models and position them to be successful. I know when I grew up, I came from a broken family. Uh, my parents divorced when I was nine years old. My dad was 17 years in the NFL. Right. was one of the greatest football players I've ever seen play the game. Right. Um, but my mom knew that I needed positive role models. Mm -hmm. So she put me in Bible study and in, in youth group where I had mm -hmm. youth pastors to help me. She put me with other guys' husbands uh, you know, that took us to ball games. Mm -hmm. She knew that we needed that kind of father figure and that person while my dad wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So you know, God really replaced that, like you said. He mm -hmm. always has the solution. Exactly. But as you said, we have to be intentional about making it, the opportunity. And they even took it out of church. They took it out of school. You, it's illegal. Like it's against the law to pray right. at school. If a teacher were to say, "Hey, everybody, bow your heads," she will be Can't she will be it. fired. Can't do it. That's religion. Uh -huh. Being a Christian, it's like I told these students today. It's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with a mm -hmm. person who knows you better than anybody than in the world, who else. loves you better than anyone in the world, mm -hmm. who knows your faults to the to the key, and who has a wonderful plan for your life and wants to wants to make your life full and meaningful. Mm -hmm. And when kids come into a relationship, and understand that it changes your whole perspective. I think everyone's uh, relationship is different. You know, I have friends that pray and. You know, they start out, you know, Lord, I come to you as humbly as possible. And I have other friends that start out, hey, God, this is going to yeah. be a long one for me. Yeah. So, you know, there is no right it's a or wrong way. What I don't like is when people try to tell you how to be right. a Christian and tell right. you, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, because you don't know my heart. You, right. don't, know, you don't know how I feel. Maybe I grew up saying words like, um, um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't say I don't know. So it's like, you know, so you can't really judge a person by the words. Well, straight, it's, it's more on their heart. Exactly. And, yeah. and one of the most gratifying things about being at the Super Bowl, as long as I have, and covering you guys' the Super Bowls, I've covered all the Patriots Super Bowls, is watching players, young players, grow into strong Christian men, mm -hmm. watching young players like you mm -hmm. become mentors mm -hmm. and to, to – take the place of where you were mm -hmm. and say, I remember that person that mm -hmm. helped change my career mm -hmm. in terms of my personal life and my business life. Mm -hmm. uh, Herm Edwards, you remember with ESPN, played mm -hmm. with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. yep. I'll never forget the first time I met Herm out of college. The Eagles had gone to the Super Bowl against the Raiders. Uh, I did a football camp right out of college with them. And of course, I was a big Eagles fan. My dad played for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Herm comes up to me. The first thing he says is, is I just want to let you know that your father helped teach me how to be a professional football player helped teach me how to handle the locker room, how to be a man, mm -hmm. how, how to represent, uh, you know, in the community, responsibility as a player. Mm -hmm. I thank him for that every single day. Mm -hmm. I was with Rod Woodson the other day, and Rod Woodson told me, he said, 
Rome and I didn't have a clue my first two or three years. Someone told me, coach came to me, you got incredible talent. You could be a Hall of Famer. You got to change the way you work. Wow. And he said, that person changed me. And then I realized at year five that I had to help the rookies. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience in your life. Oh, man. Man, you mean helping the rookies? Yeah. Oh, just, man. Just being yeah, on the because, other side and being yeah. there and knowing what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, one of my friends that are here now that actually works for NFL Network, Mike Robb, I did an interview with yeah. him. And um, if you look it up. So he was saying, he was like, it was my second year, and I had just left the practice squad going into my second year. And he was like, Locke, like, so what do you look forward to next year? And I was like, I look forward to helping the guys, you know, helping this or that. He was like, man, how do you plan on helping somebody when you've only been in the league one year, you don't know much, <laughs> you haven't even really played? But I said, I know more than they know. I could talk to this guy all day long, Ricardo Lockett, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl champion, now uh, starting that new life in retirement. Mm-hmm. Ricardo, you're welcome to come back anytime. It's just so, so, so fun to talk with you. I'll see you in Miami. You know, and I wish I, I wish I could have made it to you, uh, made it with you guys to the school, man. I enjoy talking to the kids and using my platform because a lot of times, you know, they, they don't get the athlete to come in or the guy that looks like myself. And I'll come in and, you know, I'll come in with my rings and my watch and all this stuff, and he fits the profile of the guy on uh-huh. social media. But guess what? I am, and I believe in God. You got to follow him on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Ricardo Locke. Show us the rings. Show us the rings right there, there baby. Bingo. I like that. I like I left, that. I left, my, my dad has the other Seahawks oh, ring. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so. two on a finger is going to get it done. <laughs> right. Ricardo, uh, great to have you. Pleasure. Um, we will Pleasure. see you soon. Pleasure, uh, stay man. in touch. Pleasure. Ricardo Lockett, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl champion wide receiver, uh, right here on Sold Out Sports Talk. When we come back with more. You're listening to a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with LPGA pro golfer Sandra Gal. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at RomanGabriel3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Uh, She's won over $4 million in her career, a University of Florida graduate. Sandra Gal with us. Sandra, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Um, first of all, um, you're, you've got uh, University of Florida roots. You're a Gator, an All-American uh, there when you played there. So uh, tell me about about how you got to Florida from Germany. Um, I actually got recruited uh, in Europe. Uh, I was one of the top players in Europe, and so a lot of the coaches go over there to um, – yeah, look at some some potential players, and so that's how I met my coach, and um, I, I and I visited Florida, and I really liked it. How was your experience at University of Florida? Because uh, they have a great golf, obviously a great golf tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year was really hard, just I think transitioning um, and finding a coach and everything, and then starting from the second year, um, everything got a lot easier, and I, I really started to love my experience there. I, found some great lifelong friends and um at that time we were fifth in the country so we won a bunch of tournaments it was just uh, a really really great experience for me you had your love of golf starting when you were about five years old uh, on family vacations is that right um yeah exactly yeah um I actually really loved driving the golf carts more than I did playing <laughs> golf at that time. But uh, that was always a lot of fun, yeah. 
who who were the uh, golfers that you looked up to as a as a youngster, Sander, in terms of coming up that inspired you? Uh, that was Ernie Els and Freddie Couples mostly. I just love Freddie's rhythm, and then Ernie, my my uh, golf coach here, Andrew Park, <clears throat> that I had for about twelve years once I started college or ten years. Um, he always brought up Ernie as a example, and I just uh, I really loved his swing and his rhythm too. Those two guys, those are two of the sweetest swings in golf history, right? Yeah, yeah. So as you as you have um, progressed, and I hate to say this, but you're one of the old veterans on the LPGA Tour. I'm not going to call you old, but you've been there a while, right? I mean, with all these youngsters mm-hmm. out on the tour, uh, the tour has certainly mm-hmm. changed and become more of a, the LPGA, more of a worldwide tour here in the last five to seven years, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's changed a lot. Um, you know, our commissioner, Mike Wan, picked up our tour sometime. 2009-2010 and really changed it um, to where we've got a really great schedule and we travel the world and we have some you know amazing sponsors that step it up every year so it's uh, quite different to 2008 when I first started. A lot of people watch you know the LPGA Tour and the PGA Tour and they, they see how difficult it is to win at the professional level. Talk to us about that and about overcoming that and I, I know you know you have had some great spurts of golf uh, here in the last few years, but where are you at in terms of um, where you want to be as a golfer on the LPGA? Oh, that's a um, You know what? It's been great winning. You know, it kind of took a burden off me. I think, you know, it's been a goal for a long time. Um, fortunately, it's been a while, and I would love to win again. Uh, so that's definitely still on, you know, the forefront of my mind and something I want to do. So I think that would be one of my goals. But it has changed a little bit, you know, since I've gotten involved in more things, Outside of golf as well as in helping others, I feel like being a role model is a, is a big part of why I'm out there and um, just kind of playing and enjoying it. You know, it's, when you've been there for a while, it's easy sometimes to get sucked into, you know, results and um, kind of grinding through the year. So it's, you got to put things into perspective and really appreciate where you're at. And I really appreciate what golf has given me over the years and um, being able to grow as a person, face all these challenges. You know, there'll be lows, there'll be ups. You know, it comes and goes. You just see it over a longer period of time. And if you're able to experience even the times that are not as good, then you, you know, you appreciate the good times too. You know, that's really interesting to me because when we are younger and we, when we come out of college, uh, you know, I played professional football and, and, you know, your mind is on your profession and it's on winning and it's on those things. But it seems like, as you just said, as we get older in life, as we get a little wiser in life, as we experience more things in life, we, we begin to think about significance. And, and that's certainly true in your life, Sanders. Tell us about the Sandra Gal Foundation. Yeah, um, so my foundation um, is going to help um, a lot of underprivileged kids with after-school programs. And um, I really want to integrate mindfulness into their after-school opportunities. And I want to give them chances to experience, you know, golf, music, art, you know, all kinds of things that they want to do. And um, I want to do it with, uh, yeah, the aspect of mindfulness so they can kind of deal with what the background they've come from. Um, you know, a lot of these kids have a lot of trauma, and they don't have a lot of opportunities, so I just want to give them a safe space. And, and so we actually found a great space for that in Miami. There's going to be a Sandra Gall Children's Center, and I work with Volunteers of America, and they, they've actually helped a lot of families. So we have, like, over 100 kids that have been formerly homeless, and they'll, be, they'll have access to that center in the afternoons, and we'll have staff and 
they can just kind of explore their own strengths and, and talents. And your Sandra Gal Charity Challenge you talked about um, working with the Volunteers of America is, is a big part of raising funding for you? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been uh, partnering with Volunteers of America the last uh, three years, and we have a charity challenge at Concession Golf Club, and um, so it's been growing every year. It's been amazing. Um, I also have my first time this year, I've had another charity event in Germany, which that one's um, going to continue as well, so I'll have two of them. That's pretty cool. You know, one of the things that Sandra does in her foundation when you're talking about helping at-risk kids is, is focusing on uh, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, mm-hmm. and responsible decision-making. And uh, you mentioned one of the key things that they've done a lot of studies on in education here in America, and that is the importance of extracurricular activities or team-oriented activities uh, to integrate into preparing yourself for life. And uh, it, it, it seems like you've done a really good job of that, Sandra, especially uh, I wanted to ask you this because you have a you probably have a, a vision that's different than than, grow, than growing up and being in America and being born here, coming from Germany, coming from a different culture. How has that impacted the way you look at the next generation and what you're doing with your foundation? I don't know. I guess I think I've seen a lot of different cultures. I've seen how, how people raise their kids differently and I think coming from Germany, I've been very privileged that no one really has to be on the streets in Germany. I mean, of course, there's homeless people, but it's a very social country. Um, Me feeling like I've always been very privileged to just say, hey, Dad, I want to do this. And then he said, okay, do it. You know, as long as you put 100% into it, you can do it. And um, being able to give that to kids who don't have that opportunity is really important for me because... I feel like, especially with all that, you know, uh, all the awful things that are going on right now in not only this country but in the world, I feel like kids are the next generation of, you know, that's they are our hope. They are what needs to, they need to be educated. You know, if we don't change their view on the world, how is how is everything going to change? So um, that's maybe where I come in with my perspective. Sandra Gallus with us for the LPGA Tour. And, um, Sandra, you just said it. I mean, you know, we have a foundation that works with kids in junior highs and high schools on drug and alcohol education and character training. And um, you just said it. Um, you know, what, what, do you, what do you see in working with at-risk kids um, that, that maybe might be the biggest challenge for this next generation? I think these kids need to see their potential and they need to get past what they've maybe seen in their young age. So, Dealing with emotional emotional trauma, um, being able to be, you know, self sufficient in how to deal, yeah, with with uh, what they see and what they have experienced, um, and also the other part of it would be um, just seeing their their strength and being able to open their eyes to what the possibilities. Basically, I think from where they grow up, they don't see a lot of possibility because they have only they had some some role models or maybe not any role models. So I think for them being able to see, hey, I can I can do this, and if I put, you know, if I if I give my attention to whatever it is in art, I can achieve great things or I can change something in the world. And um, that I think is the most important thing. 
I, I want to ask this question because when we talk to golfers, this always interests me being kind of a mm-hmm. uh, a 12 handicap guy and I play in, you know, you play in these charity events. What is what, what would be a couple of tips that you m- might have for a guy like me or, or average golfers out there who maybe mm-hmm. play once or twice a week? Okay. Um, well, I think always taking a little bit more club. I see a lot of people trying to kill their their wedge when they really should take a <laughs> nine iron. <laughs> And then a huge thing that's always helped a lot of people is um, taking, I mean, gripping the club a little bit lighter. I think everyone mm-hmm. tries to hit it really hard with their hands, but if you grip it lighter, you actually use more of your body. And uh, you'll, believe it or not, you'll hit it further. Um, and then if you could just spend like a tiny little bit more time on the chipping green, mm-hmm. then I think it will save you a lot of shots. Oh, wow. Those are three, those are, those are three great tips. And, you know, you brought up something really interesting because when you watch the LPGA Tour and you watch your smooth swing, um, you realize that, as you just said, it's not about how hard you hit the ball. It's about tempo and it's about timing and it's about, um, as you said, staying in rhythm. So, um, and you, know, you certainly have done that in, in modeling your swing after guys like Ernie Els and Fred Couples. They, they had amazing swings. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, one of the one of the things that we see on on Instagram and Twitter, and believe me, you want to follow Sandra Gal on Instagram and Twitter because she lives a full life and she does a lot of fun stuff. A uh, couple of places that are your favorite places to travel? Oh, uh, California! I, mm. I absolutely love California. Um, love the nature, lifestyle, the ocean, and and then you know I go with the mountains in Switzerland. The Alps. Mm. They're stunning in the winter. I mean. Um, been there, visited my best friend a couple times, and uh, it's amazing. If you're really high up there and looking out, love that view. Sandra, the, the time's gone by so fast, but I really appreciate that uh, we get an opportunity to show people a little bit of who you are today. And um, please follow Sandra Gal at the Sandra Gal on Twitter and check out her foundation, the Sandra Gal Foundation, and all the great things she's doing for at-risk kids. And uh, Sandra, I hope uh, you'll let us have you come back in when you open up. Uh, your facility down in Miami. We would love to hear more about that. Okay, absolutely. We'd love to. Thanks for having me. Sandra, great one. We we wish you nothing but the best and enjoy your new digs in Florida. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Sandra Gal, right here on American Family Radio. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.